The information and opinions expressed on this podcast are intended to address specific questions asked, situations described in the program or on the website, and topics of expressed interest. The information and or opinions are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical and or mental health diagnosis or treatment. You should not act or rely upon any information contained in these broadcasts or on the website without seeking the advice of a mental health and or medical professional who has conducted a formal assessment or evaluation on you and has the requisite information needed to provide a more well-informed opinion. This includes, but is not limited to, licensed mental health professionals, psychiatrists, and medical physicians and doctors. If you have any questions about the information or opinions expressed on the website or during this broadcast, please contact your licensed mental health and or medical professional. Welcome to The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell. The Wellness Enclave will explore emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In the Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The goal is to help you become a healthier and happier you through motivation, education, and innovation. And now, The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell. Emotional health and wellness is our top priority. Today, we have a very special call-in guest, Ms. Nancy Soleri, and she will be talking to us about living life full out. She's going to talk to us about how she stays motivated, even dealing with her physical challenges. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Welcome back to the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell and her very special guest, calling guest, Ms. Nancy Soleri. And also, I'd like to thank my engineer, as always, for providing me with good music and Ms. Jill Scott. Thank you very much, Mr. Smith. How are you, Ms. Soleri? How are you doing this morning? Oh, I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate you for, for reaching out. So, uh, for the listening audience, you guys know sometimes I switch things up. So, this will be a different type of interview Ms. Soleri has has actually is is going to allow us um, to to enter her personal life a little bit and and I appreciate that 
Um, she deals with a physical challenge every day. Um, she is legally blind. And, and I really am glad that you reached out to me because I think, I think that the audience would really benefit from your story and kind of understanding how, hey, I, I, you know, sometimes it gets difficult, but I, I still have to stay motivated and I have to look at things from a holistic perspective, not just, to, not just what the physical challenges are, but how is it impacting me emotionally and how is it that I can continue to move forward. So uh, again, I appreciate you for allowing us to have um, some insight and for you sharing personal stories. So I really appreciate that. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. So um, I, well, I growing up, I, I, I did have a loving family from the outside looking in. But then behind the scenes, my dad had a lot of anger issues, and there was some domestic violence, and then there was an affair. And, you know, it was just kind of a lot of stress within the household before I was even 10 years old. Okay. And then at 16, my sisters and I, I have two older sisters, and we all three got diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa, which is a degenerative eye condition. There's still no cure, and I'm in my 40s now. Mm. And over time, I've seen everything from details of, I'd like, I look at a piece of paper now, and it's just blank. There's no words on it. Okay. I look at a computer screen, and it's blank. It's just a white screen. Or if I look at somebody's face, I can't really see their faces. It's kind of all a blur. So all the details have gone away. Um, and then, you know, over the years, as all of us, you know, life happens for everybody, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Life goes on. So I've, I've encountered financial loss and infertility and infidelity and Mm -hmm. you name it and that's part of life is it's just going to give you a whole bunch of stuff right junk chaos whatever you want to call it absolutely but where the rubber hits the road is how you handle it i absolutely i absolutely agree so can you can you tell us why you think that your story is important well i think i'm one of thousands mm-hmm. who go through this stuff. The only thing is, is I, I'm, I'm proud to talk about it because I think that sometimes it's the wounds that we get in life. It's the, the times we've been beat down, the times when we felt hopeless. Mm-hmm. It's when you rally that that's where the story begins. Absolutely. And we all have a story. It could be a breakup. It could be a divorce. It could be, again, financial loss. And the more we actually get out of our own mind, our own heart, and mm-hmm. tell our stories, mm-hmm. that's where really meaningful connection happens. I absolutely agree. Do you feel like your the physical challenge of you being legally blind? Do you feel like that exacerbates uh, sometimes the the as as you say the life happenstance? I, I call them life happenstances. Do you feel like that exacerbates it or makes it a little more difficult sometimes or? Well, no, I would absolutely say it makes it a bit more epic. Okay. Because because I'm not relying on what I see, Mm -hmm. all the other senses come into play. So, um, you know, I listen to people's words. I think words are very powerful, what we say to ourselves and what we say to others. I hear their words. I hear their tone. I mean, it's kind of funny. I... I can't see people's faces, right? So mm-hmm. I make up in my mind what I think somebody looks like based upon how they sound. How they sound. Their okay. charisma. Okay. Right? <laughs> so, so you know, and even even a taste of an experience. I might go to a, another country, mm-hmm. 
and I can't see all the different museums and all the different scenery, Mm -hmm. but I can taste their food, and I can hear their music, and I can kind of build together my own experience of that country. So do you think, to a certain degree, it kind of makes you more um, not just creative, but also empathetic or empathic? Do you think it allows you to do that? Definitely. Definitely. It's... uh, I have a a really good friend of mine who has MS, which Mm -hmm. is a really tricky condition. And, you know, a lot of times I say to her, I I, I can't imagine being you, but I I know loneliness. Right. And I know feeling like a burden. Right. And I know, you know, I know those emotions that most people who have a disability do go through at some point. So let me let me ask you this, because you kind of um, indicated, so to speak, that the condition um, progresses. What what was your life like before your condition or or the blindness progressed to where you are now? Like, how active was it? What were you doing and how did you have to make adjustments? You know, diagnosed at 16, Mm -hmm. but I would say in my 20s is when it took the biggest jumps, like every couple of years, okay. it would get a little bit worse and, and then more worse and then more worse. Right. But before that, I was driving. I was really busy going after a music career and a television broadcasting career. But but the thing is, is well, no one else knew what was happening. I knew I had this diagnosis. Okay. But I just didn't believe when they said, one day you're going to go blind by 40. I just didn't believe it. At mm-hmm. 16, you're like, get out of town. There'll right. be a there'll be a cure. Um, but, you know, when I started seeing, like, words on a teleprompter kind of move around on me, float around or not even be there, or when I was performing one time on stage and I, I didn't know where the edge of the stage was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally almost fell off stage. Okay. You know, it became a whole lot more real that it's not just a matter of not seeing something. It's I have to kind of be a bit careful or I could really hurt myself. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. With that being stated, because we're, we're, with that being stated, how difficult or how did you learn to maneuver just doing your daily activities? How did you learn? Is that something that happened slowly where as, as you began to you know, lose sight as it began to progress, you would say, okay, I'm going to have to learn how to do this for myself before we... Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, after enough falls okay. and hitting my head and, you know, you, 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 you start to figure things out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, as the vision started to disappear, all of a sudden those poles in the middle of the sidewalks were right there in front of me wow. and I would hit them. Okay. Or, you know, even the smallest crack in the foundation could make my foot uneven when I step because I wouldn't see it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so over time, you learn how to to feel the ground. You learn how to get to the edge of a curb and tap it to make sure that it, see the depth of it before mm-hmm. you step down. Um, you, you learn how to walk feeling your hands out just a little bit so that you feel the wall before you hit the wall. Or when someone brings a plate of food, you know, I might take my fork, of course, but I might tap and just kind of see where things are in the plate Mm -hmm. so I have some anchor to the the location of the carrots versus the steak, right? Right, right. And so you start to get really good at, at navigating and anticipating. <laughs> but, it, but honestly, those are some good life lessons, right? We want to navigate life. Absolutely. We want to anticipate Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Do you ever have, and you, of course you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to, do you ever have concerns about when you, when you become older? Because right now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an assumption. I know we're never supposed to assume, so please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to make an assumption that you have a pretty powerful support system around you, no matter how small or how large. There, there are really good people around you um, that are helping you uh, navigate this this process but do you, and I'm asking because I'm I'm in my 40s as well I'll be 50 this year I don't I don't have any siblings and I don't have any children so that so that means I have to look very heavily at a state plan at a state planning in terms of how I'm going to take care of myself my my engineer is laughing at me um so I'm asking you this so your concerns about the future as you become older is that something that you think about it's like okay I'm you know I'm going to be you, you know, I'm already legally blind. There, some of the people that are working with me, they may pass away or transition before I do. Are those things that you think about? or You know, I love that you asked this question, and I think about that as well. Because I don't have children. I have two sisters, mm-hmm. but what if they go before me? Right, you know? right, the, right. And so what, what I have learned, though, is that, for example, when I go somewhere and I'm taking my Lyft or my Uber, mm-hmm. and I ask somebody, and they don't have to, I will ask them, you know, can you walk me to my suite number? I don't see very well. Okay. I have, I, I think I've only had one person in all my time say no, and it's just because he didn't speak English well. Right. And I don't think he understood my request. But most times people are like, absolutely. And uh, what I have found is people look for an opportunity to serve. Okay. People look for an opportunity to have purpose. And even as I get older and I get blinder, <laughs> my needs might go up a little bit more. Right, right. There's always going to be that person that would 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 want to help out if they could. And and you kind of have to look at down the line when we get older. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to do it from a volunteer, from a heart-centered place just because they want to give. And other people, you might have to pay for right. some of that assistance. But that's okay because, you know, again, we're kind of all in this together. Mm-hmm. And so I am right there with you on that question. And okay. I, I, I actually believe that when I fast forward and I'm in my assisted living home, perhaps by myself, I think I will make friends. Okay. Um, I love to karaoke, so maybe I'll be <laughs> like head of the assisted living karaoke. I have no idea, right? right? <laughs> I think you right. have to look at life with some humor or we're just going to get gobbled up. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. How, how did you become comfortable um, feeling and I use this term loosely, feeling safe, because that, you know, with being legally blind, a lot of times, you know, that's that's a faculty that a lot of people rely on in terms of making an attempt to feel safe or being able to survey your surroundings and those types of things like that. So how, how do you feel about that or how did you work out or have you worked out um, feeling comfortable and, fit and, and physically safe when I talk about being in a safe environment, physically safe? Well, you know, it, it's interesting. I'll answer this a couple of different ways. Um, mm-hmm. My One of my sisters, she's still resistant to, but she has been very resistant to the white cane because when she looks at it, it makes her feel more blind. Right. I look at the white cane, and it took me some several years to really want to use this. It spent a lot of time in the drawer. Right. But what I realized is the power of the white cane, it isn't to say to myself I'm more blind is mm-hmm. to tell other drivers I can't see. It's to tell the person who's riding their bicycle on the sidewalk I can't see. Right. So in some ways these 
these tools are there to serve to let other people know kind of what they might not be able to see. Because if you look at me, you're not going to know that I'm blind just by looking at me. But the white cane would tip you off. And then the other thing I would say is what's really helped me is being centered with who I am. Meaning that I think a lot of times when people have a disability, sometimes they will label themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not... I don't, ha- I don't wear a label saying I'm legally blind or I have RP. Right. You know, it just happens to be a part of who I am. And, and literally, there are some days I just forget. I'm going about my day. I'm listening to my, all my audio low vision devices. And so I'm not losing a, a step. I just, uh, I, I just don't think about it. And then there's other times I absolutely think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember going to Disneyland and going on that oh-so-famous It's a Small World ride with my oldest sister, who has the same condition I do. And we hadn't gone on that ride in probably 30 years together. But when we went on that ride, it was completely dark. We didn't see any lights. We didn't see any of the the, the motion of the, mm-hmm. the dancers or the little puppets or whatever they're called, the dolls. Right. It was a complete dark experience. And so there was a part of me that was like, wow, wow. Right. What 30 right. years has done, you know? Right. Right. And the last thing I will say, this goes back to humor, is... We have the ability to defuse an awkward situation. Mm-hmm. It's awkward, like going on dates, right? If I right. go on a date, it's awkward telling them that I'm legally blind. But it's less awkward if I say to them, you know what, you, you want to hear the good news? And they say, what? And I say, well, I'll never see wrinkles. I'll never see gray <laughs> hair. Good news, right? Right, right, so, right. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So Absolutely. I think you have to have humor in conjunction with everything else. All right. So, everyone, we've been listening to Miss Solari, Miss Nancy Solari. She is talking to us about her physical challenges, but how she continues to remain motivated and doing excellent work. Again, you're listening to The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell, and we will be right back with our very special calling guest, Miss Solari, right after this break.
welcome back to the Wellness Enclave. Thank you for my mini Ripperton, Mr. Smith. You know I got you. You learn something new every day. He's much younger than I am, Mr. Larry, so I have to educate him on good music. Um, I love it. it. So we are back with our very special calling guest, Miss Larry. Uh, She's talking to us about living full out. One of the things you mentioned um, before we went on break was you you talked about how a lot of people think of themselves as being disabled. One of the questions that I that I had for you is, I you know, do you prefer saying? I am disabled or I have a disability, and I'm asking that because I used to work with um, uh, HIV clients. And one of the things that a person said to me that was H- that that was diagnosed as being HIV positive was, you don't hear people walking around saying, I am cancer. Why should I walk around and say, I am HIV? I have a diagnosis of HIV. Exactly, and that, that's why a lot of times we, when we get a health, a health diagnosis, we, we look at it like a label, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it really doesn't need to be there. And, you know, it's so interesting, that disabled disability question, because I don't know, for some reason, that word doesn't relate to me okay. for some reason. Okay. And it's, it's interesting. I remember when I had to give up driving, and I was selling real estate, and I was a top producing realtor, and I had to figure out how I was going to sell real estate. So I started taking the buses. I would take two to 12 buses a day showing property. And I remember one time sitting in the very front of the bus where there was this placard, and it said for disabled and seniors. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh, well, I guess that's me now. And, you know, it was just kind of this, is that me? Right. Um, you know, I, I just really go with visually impaired, legally blind. Okay. Um, but... But a lot of times uh, my friends uh, and even my team will make fun of me because I'll go up to somebody and I'll say, hi, I'm Nancy. You know, I I don't see very well. (laughs) I still don't come out and say, hi, I'm Nancy. I'm legally blind, right? Right, right. I I don't know. For some reason, I softball it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Do you find that people are taken aback or do you feel that people are taken aback when you tell them that you're legally blind? Like, do they feel uncomfortable? Do they start feeling uncomfortable around you? Or do you think it's the way that the person um, who is actually dealing with the physical challenges is more or less how they handle the situation, which will create the energy in terms of how the other person handles it? Yeah, it's completely up to the person who has the challenge. Okay. Because, because the person who has the challenge, you set the tone on how awkward or how confident the, the situation is going to be. You know, even if there's somebody acting inappropriate, asking weird questions mm-hmm. or being rude or not helpful, mm-hmm. it's really on that person, not the person with the disability. The person with the disability can kind of stare at going, you know, I'm so sorry for you. Right, <laughs> right, I'm so right. so sorry you have right. a heart of stone. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. But, but it, it's the person with the disability who really has to look within themselves and say, you know what? I got this card in life. For me, it's the card of being legally blind. For mm-hmm. other people, it's a, you know, the card of HIV or the card of, you know, maybe being in a wheelchair for some reason. Right. But the thing is, is those quote quote disabilities don't define us. Right. You can still be a loving sister, friend, mother, father, whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't take away our personality. You right. know what I mean? Absolutely. And and also, I heard you say prior to to break that you are uh, very centered 
and who you and who you are. And and that to me uh, kind of moves into that. That's one of the ways that you kind of cope um, uh, emotionally. Uh, mentally and those types of things. And we know becoming centered, that's a process. And sometimes it's an ongoing process. One of the questions that I do want to ask you is, do you ever have bad days? And what do those bad days look like? For, for instance, do you ever experience self-pity or anger and it's solely related to your challenge? Oh, I definitely have bad days. Oh, my goodness. But, but, but I, I do try to, um, I've learned how to switch the energy. Okay. I'll talk about the bad days first. Okay. So when I have a bad day, it's because I wish I could see something. I wish I could just jump in a car and go do a quick couple quick errands. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wish that I could, I put up my tree the other day, and okay. I wish I could look at the tree and see the ornaments, right. but I just see the lights. And even at that, it's just, a little bit sparkly. I can't even see the definition of the tree, but okay. I like knowing it's there. Mm-hmm. I, I I wish that when I'm at a dinner, out to dinner with people, I wish I could be more engaged in the conversation if they're talking about something visual, because mm-hmm. I can't see the visual. I kind of smile, and I laugh, and I try to play along, but mm-hmm. there's just some things I'm, in life I'm going to miss. And so those kind of make me sad because I I really wish that I could see them. But on the same token, when I'm having a bad day or when my visual, uh, my low vision mm-hmm. auditorial devices are not working, sometimes they're not talking and I'm like, talk, I need you to talk, right, because right? I can't right. see it. Right. When, when those sort of things happen, I have learned over the years to switch the energy. And how you do that is if you're at home, I, I suggest go jump in the shower because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're never going to come out of that shower as angry or sad as you went in. Okay. It, it just doesn't happen. You're mm-hmm. more refreshed. You've switched the energy. To have a glass of water, warm or cold. Eat something spicy or comforting. Okay. Or just go outside and let kind of nature take its course in switching the energy. But I find that if you stay sitting in the same spot, Mm -hmm. in bed, on your couch, crying, you have to get out of that cycle. You have to break it. So that's how I choose to to get out of those hard moments. And I have my own little playlist. I have my my career success playlist right. that I that kind of gets my booty shaking when mm-hmm. I want to, you know, get myself going. I also have a playlist of sentimental songs. Songs that anchor me throughout the years that mm-hmm. remind me of you know how far I have come and and to be proud of those accomplishments. What do your good days look like? My good days are when I look at the people that have joined my life. So, you know, friends of mine who will do online dating with me. Right. You know, I, right. I, I will have like a Match.com subscription. Mm-hmm. I'll give them my username, password. We'll each pour a glass of wine. We'll review the profiles together. It's fun to date with your friends, okay. right? So, <laughs> right? But, but I tell you that story because, again, that's not – it no longer becomes – I, just a lonely I journey, mm-hmm. it's a we're dating, Absolutely. right? Or Absolutely. when I consider people on my team at Living Full Out, you know, I started Living Full Out back in 2008, but it's grown and all these different people that have jumped into the mission, the vision, and and I, and I appreciate that. And, you know, just different strangers who 
all of a sudden, I remember the other day I was at the doctor's office and the nurse walked me down to the curb where I would catch my Uber, my mm-hmm, Lyft, mm-hmm. and the car was there and the driver was there and, she, and the nurse said, take good care of her. Now, I had just met that nurse that day, but obviously she had bonded with me enough that she wanted to make sure I was taken care of. So, right. I mean, there are just such good people in the world. That, that's, those are my good days. So I have, cause we, because we only have two minutes, so I have two quick questions for you. Yep. One is, what would you like for people to take away from your story? And, and then after that, what I want you to talk about, because you mentioned living full out. So one of the things we like to do, or I like to do on, on my podcast, anybody who has anything positive or any information to put out that's positive or, or they're doing anything positive and they want to advertise it, I allow them to do that because I think the more people have that information, the better um, it is. So, again, what what would you like for people to take away from your story? And then after that, tell us a little bit about living full out or whatever other information you would like to provide for us. Oh, thank you for that. Well, the one thing I will say is, well, we talked a lot today about my story and living with RP and having a disability. I just really want audience to understand that we all have a story, mm-hmm. and it's, it is the hardships. It is the wins. That's the secret sauce. That's what makes up the casserole of you, right? Okay, that, absolutely. That's what makes you so dynamic. So start to consider those highs and lows in your life. Become a good storyteller. But at the same time, when you're out with somebody, ask them questions, get mm-hmm. them talking. Because what I've learned in life is that people are desperate, hungry for somebody to say, how are you doing? Tell me about your favorite birthday. Tell me about your favorite accomplishment. People want the opportunity to talk. And then that's where true connection happens. Um, and yeah, thank you for letting me share about Living Full Out. So uh, if you want to go to livingfullout.com, everything about us is there. But we just really serve to have people look at your life as a pie, right? Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that your life isn't lopsided. It's all 90% career and 10% personal, right? Absolutely. Or vice versa. Absolutely. You want to look at your pie and divide it up like you would in, in equal slices. So have a slice that's career and work. Have mm-hmm. a slice that's family. Have a slice that's friends. Have a slice that's your personal hobbies. And do your best to keep those slices equal, because that's how you bring balance into your life. And on that note, my special gift to your audience is if they go to livingfullout.com, we do have an 80 tips to bringing balance into your life um, guide on there. Mm -hmm. And so useful, these little teeny tips can just, again, switch the energy from being a bad day to a good day and it's free so I invite for them to go uh, to grab that mm-hmm. and of course they're welcome to listen to the Living Full Out radio show um, I mean uh, your podcast is stellar and so inspiring <laughs> thank you <laughs> and if they would like to you know join us um, we're every Saturday but they can go to livingfullout.com to listen right there or you can actually go on Alexa or your app store mm-hmm. or wherever and just look for Living Full Out radio we'd love to have you join us all right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. You guys have been listening to Ms. Nancy Soleri. She's been kind enough to share her story with us. As always, as always in the enclave, I hope that you guys have learned something, and I hope my audience and everyone out there has a fantastic day and a happy and healthy week.
This has been the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell. Join us weekly and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We look forward to growing with you.